Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. One that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation. Washington, London, Paris, Moscow are key targets. The whole world is under attack. Who built it? The Russians? The Chinese? Martians? Canadians? I don't care! All I know is we didn't build it, and that's reason enough to assume the worst and blow up the cane of gum. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live, inside, where no one can see it. Soldiers and their weapons would be powerless before the onslaught of the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast from 20,000 fathoms. Guns, tanks, bombs, they're like toys against them. It's indestructible. It's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. The nation and then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of... Sci-Fi Double Feature Driving Podcast. Gentlemen, Godzillas and Mothras, aliens and predators. Welcome to this sci-fi double feature drive-in podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Get on down, take a seat, drive on up, put up your feet. This is the sci-fi double feature drive-in. Just made that up. (laughs) This is a talent. That no one's paying for. We just provided this for you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I am your conspiracy loving host, Elisa Weglin, and sitting next to me is my radioactive partner in grime, Jarrett the Kaiju Man Weglin. It is Jarrett. Hello. What? I don't know. Wait, what were you saying? I don't know. I was doing a, a badly dubbed. Japanese man saying it is chair. (laughs) 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 Just showing enthusiasm for myself. (laughs) You know. It's a new uh, uh, mental health thing that I'm doing and trying to show enthusiasm for myself. (laughs) I love it. Please keep doing it. uh, Badly dub uh in your head for yeah. yourself all day yeah it's 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 nothing like racist or anything because i love the japanese people <laughs> oh my god that's so racist <laughs> I lo- i'm not racist because i have a black friend <laughs> okay i'll just cut that <laughs> no you don't have to worry that didn't sound <laughs> it's more of a love I, it's it, it's because I, I grew up with the movies. It's a love for the films. Yes, that's why. For the poor dub. Yes, the poor dubbings that the Americans were doing. That's <sighs> what they thought Japanese people sounded like. Well, oh my gosh, it's just like the, I don't know what they thought emotions were supposed to be <laughs> when they weren't like on screen themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want that enthusiasm. For myself, maybe See? it'll. Yes. Maybe that will uh, bring bring me bring me up, bring me up before I go go. I fucking <laughs> love it. This is great. So we're starting a new double feature. We got off. We're getting off the long Back to the Future train. Literally, 
We got off that Back to the Future yeah. train because that movie ends with a train. It ends with a flying time traveling train. <laughs> we hope you liked it because we did love it. We fucking loved it. So what's our new double feature? Isolated October. Yeah. Ooh, scary, scary. Oh, yeah. I picked a really creepy theme <laughs> for uh, October because it's my birthday, so mm-hmm. I got to pick. See, Isolated. I like Isolated. I like being isolated. Me too. <laughs> we love isolation and that's why we're going to move to Oregon into the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a dream of ours. Uh, so it can be can be creepy though. Being, it can be very scary. Yeah. Like and you're living in the woods and yeah. you have a house with like really big windows. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any covering on those <laughs> yeah. windows. And like, and you just, it's dark. No. It's so dark. And you can't see anything out there. Like, what's out there? A Bigfoot. You see. Bigfoot watching you. See, <laughs> sorry if you could hear our dog playing with a toy. It's uh, the only way to keep her from bothering us while we record. See, I, I don't know how you could live in the woods and just be at at night not have your windows covered with with curtains i don't understand people <laughs> who like don't have coverings on their windows no, even no. in the middle of nowhere oh yeah uh, I, in the city anywhere like <laughs> yeah cover your fucking windows it's like oh you don't i don't know what's out there i want to see like you can look outside curtains yeah you don't you can pull the curtains back anytime you fucking want yeah it's just darkness out there it's so scary. Especially in the woods, because it's darker outside than it is in the house. Yeah, so. and so you just see your reflection on yeah. the window. No, So no, anything no, no. could be looking at you, but, but you know, <laughs> so there could be aliens out there ready to abduct you, so we, big feet. We watched those, <sighs> those Bigfoot videos of, like, people in cabins looking out. And obviously that that one was fake of <laughs> that Bigfoot looking in, but it's yeah. still scary. Like <laughs> I don't know why I'm obsessed with those videos. Cause uh, they're so scary. Top fives, nukes. Top five. Top five. They're, some of them are really scary. I don't know why I'm obsessed with those videos. So you know, it's the same reason we're obsessed with true crime pro- podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Same reason we watch uh, Investigation Discovery. Uh, they're cl- some of them are just clearly faked, but I'm still like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like it for those reasons? I thought you just like the this, you know, creepy aspect. Oh, I I it. definitely like the creepy aspect too. But even though I know I can tell that it's fake, I'm still like, eh, I'll still watch this. I like it, <laughs> even though it, I can just tell. Well, then that's the same reason that we read creepy pastas. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah, I love creepy pastas. Anyway, <laughs> we're doing this scary, spooky October. Yeah. My birthday, Halloween. Yeah, your Everybody. birthday was yesterday. My birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday again. Thank you. I turned 27. <laughs> Woo. Which feels like a very uh, sophisticated age. Well, it's a spooky age because, you know, Kurt Cobain died. Jimi Hendrix died. <laughs> well, I'm Jim not Morrison famous, died. so if I die, it won't mean anything. Well, to me, it will. You're fa- oh. Y'all, you are a co-host of the Sci-Fi Don't Feature Drive-In podcast. <laughs> so if you die, I'm going to keep going on and just be talking to nobody. <laughs> nobody's gonna, Forever? Nobody's going to be cringing at my stupid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Except the audience, but I don't get to hear them cringe. So 
please, when I die, send in photos of you cringing to <laughs> Yes, that will help me feel better. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. yes, we're going to do The Rise of the AI. Yeah. It's Ex Machina. Ex Machina, yes. This movie is so good. I The second I watched it, I wanted to rewatch it again. Yeah. The first time. This is only the second time I've watched this, though. Really? Yeah. I like to watch it when you're not around because I don't want to like <laughs> bother you because I know you don't like rewatching things, but I, I love li- rewatching things. I do like rewatching some things. But sometimes I'll be like, hey, because <laughs> I used to test the waters like earlier in our relationship and I'd be like, hey, you want to re- you want to watch this? And you'd be like, we just watched that. And I was like, well, that was like three months ago. And you're, and I was, that's like recent to you. So I'm like. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Some movies have more replay value, I think. I don't know. It's very true. It's very true. But, yeah, this is only the second time I watched it. I didn't see it in theaters. I just bought it because I heard yeah. it was good. So, and, I liked, and I liked it when I bought it. So I don't even think I heard about it when it was in theaters. So Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, just dive in, I guess. Yes, into the history of the film. So the film's writer and director, Alex Garland, had this film's seeds planted early in his life. Mm -hmm. He began coding at a young age, around 11 years old, and he said it felt as if the computer had a mind of its own. Yeah, I wouldn't know. (laughs) I mean, I do some, like, you know, coding with, like, my job and uh stuff, and I do some on the side. Side. But I I do find it very interesting, and I mean, people who obviously are way better at it than I am see, probably it, have. I can see the appeal. Yeah, I I wouldn't know the first thing about it. Like I would think that whatever's coded is coded, and it's not going to change. But that's my infantile mind and grasp of <laughs> of you know. Well, with with like HTML, CSS. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. JavaScript, all that stuff. It's like you can build from nothing, mm-hmm. from like complete blank nothing. You can like build any anything. This, yeah, you know, app we're using right now, GarageBand. Yeah, but I guess if you code something to do something, and then it does that, and in turn it does something else because it did that, and then I don't know, it could be like a, a chain reaction. Uh, that could be a life of its own. Or if you code something to be like a human, and a human is uh, unpredictable mm-hmm. sometimes, and you can code it as close as you can to a human, then I guess uh, it could be as close as, as what he's saying here. It has a mind of its own. But yeah. I don't know. I mean... In my infantile mind, there's no <laughs> way I could possibly imagine the code that I work with becoming a, a brain, like mm-hmm. something that thinks. That's crazy to me. Well, yeah. Like, I know it happens <laughs> because we've seen, like, you know, very basic AIs. Mm-hmm. We own uh, a Google Home. Yeah. Siri, like, series and AI. Series well. and AI. Um, but it's just crazy to me because, you know, I, I use code to just do, like, you know, dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> Al- Alex Garland, by the way, uh, I believe he was a novelist turned screenwriter. He also wrote uh, 
28 Days Later. Yes, I this I think this was his directing debut, Directing right? debut. I don't know. Is that is that what it says? Yeah. Okay, well, he did write 28 Days Later. His first his novel, he wrote The Beach, which was turned into a a, a movie mm-hmm. as well, but I don't think he wrote the screenplay for that. And he wrote Dread, which was another adaptation of Judge Dread, but I don't think it was as popular. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Judge Dread, so I didn't see that. Yeah. So uh, I don't have too much of an opinion on that, but yeah, it looks like this was his directorial debut. But I do love Twenty Eight Days Later uh, as a script and just as a film in itself. Yeah, Twenty Eight Days Later is a great zombie movie. Yeah. People don't want to call it a zombie movie. It's, it is a zombie movie to me. It's, it's in that genre. So Why don't people want to call it a zombie movie? I don't know, because they're technically... I don't know. They're not dead. They're just infected with a, with a virus. It's a type of zombie. Yeah, I know. It's Yeah, whatever. It's it's a, it's in the genre. It's the genre. So Zombie is just a genre these days. So Yeah, exactly. But... <laughs> So, Garland's curiosity was piqued even more by a friend that was an expert in neuroscience. He claimed that machines would never be able to become sentient. Hmm. So, I guess he was like, well, let me show you. Neuros- I, I don't know how, I, I, in my infantile mind again, I don't know. In what, our infantile <laughs> brain. I don't know anything about neuroscience. <laughs> uh, but I don't know how much that could tell you about uh, computers or machines, so. I mean, he probably sees just how complex. I guess so. The yeah. human mind is, and he's like, no way could computers replicate this. That sounds a little pompous. Oh, the human mind. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that's a computer. <laughs> like, well, I mean, the human mind is like you know. A... It is. It is a, a miracle to to put that word into it. But... <laughs> it's, it's, it's just. It's just. Just evolution in in the simplest regard is a miracle, well, not just our minds. Let but... me put it. Let me put it this way. I don't understand the human mind, and I don't understand, <laughs> and I don't understand computers. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all of these people could be right or could be wrong. I do know that computers develop exponentially; they build on themselves exponentially. You know, the human mm-hmm. mind does not develop exponentially. We're not getting smarter exponentially. <laughs> no, com- computers are getting smarter exponentially. I feel like I've been getting dumber. Since <laughs> I just, was ten years old, I'm saying a hu- humans as a race. Like I feel like we've all been getting dumber since I was ten years. old. I feel old. like we're stagnating. Me specifically, <laughs> since I was ten years old. At the very least, all we're stagnating, time. but we are probably going down again. <laughs> if you look at what's going on. In response to that, I do think, in my opinion, AI can be sent sentient or machines can be sentient or computers whatever it whatever the quote was what do you think well <laughs> is sentience sentience is sentience to keep learning what is sentience I th- what is the turing test turing, you you want to say it's the, the turing test or well, what is the turing test chart the turing test is i guess if you're talking to something and you don't know that it's a AI or a robot, right? 
I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I brought you, this is my new friend, and the <laughs> and I talked to it, and you were like, "Wow, wasn't it a great human?" I and wouldn't I say like, it like that. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, yeah." And then you were like, "It passed the Turing test." Yeah. But see, uh, they even address that this is like a weird Turing test because he already knows it's an AI. Yeah. So he's making the questions. Knowing full well what she is. Mm-hmm. So it's biased. Mm-hmm. It's a biased Turing test. Well, th- that's a different case in the movie. I'm just saying in response to this first question. I know. Guy. We're not getting fucking anywhere. <laughs> I know. We are 16 minutes in <laughs> and we haven't even gotten halfway through history. Uh, 17 minutes in with the intro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Should I just continue then? Yeah, let's just go on. All right, Garland described this. I don't even remember what we're talking about. Yeah, banter. It gets crazy in here. (laughs) We're just so funny. We just keep talking to each other. (laughs) We're so funny. (laughs) People wish they were friends with us. So, I know. (laughs) So, when... When he was asked to describe, like, where was this supposed to be taking place? Like, uh, like what place in time? Place in time. Is this like a bloop bloop, like Jetsons? Jetsons time. Yeah, super future. Jetsons! <laughs> Is this like recent future? Yeah, our girl future. Um, he said, oh, it's about 10 minutes from now. That's a real smarmy ass you answer. You little motherfucker. <laughs> Such a I would not answer. want, even though I like a couple of the things he's done. I don't think I want to be friends with this Alex Garland. I know, but uh, yeah, he said it's about ten minutes from now. <laughs> <laughs> he did all the hees, and that yeah, he's that's in the quotes. He 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 he. Oh, one more he he, and uh, and that if if somebody like Google or Apple they develop something like this. Tomorrow, if they made an Ava, we would all be surprised, but we wouldn't be that surprised. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, like, they came out with that that other, that robot. The one that fell down? (laughs) Sophie. Oh, I was thinking of Asimo. Uh, The Japanese one. Sophie, the... Oh, I can't go up the stairs. Well, Sophie has legs, but they really suck. Like, she's, like, a really shitty version of Ava. Yeah, and you can't fuck it yet. Share it. <laughs> when the robots come, if the first thing we do is fuck them. When the robots come. That's terrible. I know, because then that's what's going to cause the, the wars. That's what's going to cause the robots to fucking kill us. Yeah. Is we're going to use them as slaves. Yeah. You got to woo them. Did, you, did anyone play Detroit? Did anybody take them out for a nice dinner first? Anybody bother to ask them how they feel? What do you want on your battery? Do you want some ground up pepper? Do you take them for, out for a nice battery? Out for a nice battery. A nice uh, binary movie? I don't know what they do. <laughs> it's, it's hard for a human to take out a, a robot. No, they're going to be just like us. I guess so. They will probably enjoy our arts. They will, and, and, you know, they'll make their own arts. Yeah, they don't, I don't know. 
They already do. They write those shitty scripts everyone posts online. Yeah, I don't like that. And some of them are fake. They're fake. And people post them and they're like, look how real they are. And I'm like, it's fucking fake. I don't like that idea of them being writers. I don't like that idea. Well, you've seen how dumb they, how awful their scripts are. Yeah, but they're going to keep trying to make them better and better. And then they're going to be like, oh, now we don't need writers anymore. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> this is why we're gonna live in the woods. <laughs> we, we we won't need them. They don't need us. <sighs> <laughs> They'll want us for something. <laughs> what? I don't know. Something. Now, uh, now I'm seeing the 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 light. <laughs> the light against these AI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so, um, go on, go on, Elisa. <laughs> Just kind of a fun note in here that I like kind of it caught my eye that uh, the name of Nathan's search engine company is Blue Book. Blue Book. But, uh, unlike like Project Blue Book. No, 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 sci fi nerd. <laughs> Get out of here. It is not like Project Blue Book, it what? is referring to philosopher Ludwig. Wittgenstein, the blue book. Sounds like, oh no. Which he are like notes. He would be on Project Paperclip. Wittgenstein. Oh. Burn! <laughs> but the book is uh, notes on his lectures made between 1933 and 1934. What are you trying to hide, Ludwig? Yeah. Are you hiding in Argentina? Are you. Are you hiding in Argentina? Are you hiding in Argentina? Are you trying to build another bomb for the Nazis when they rise up again? Because they're under the Arctic shelf. They're building concentration camps for all the gypsies. Oh, Jesus Christ! (laughs) Oh, no. They're rising up again. Rising up. They have a base under the Arctic shelf. Arctic shelf. Okay, okay. Thank you, Jesse Ventura. Go make <laughs> a hot pocket. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's discuss this plot as much as we can. How long until we get to his estate? We've been flying over his estate for the past two hours. Caleb, I'm just going to throw this out there so it's said, okay? You're freaked out. You're freaked out to be meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? But can we just get past that? The whole employer-employee thing? It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Caleb. This building isn't a house. It's a research facility. And I want to talk to you about what I'm researching. You want to see something cool? Hello. You are dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Do you have a name? Ava. Answer me this. How do you feel about her? AI is beyond doubt. No, nothing analytical. Just, how do you feel? I feel that she's amazing. Dude. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? 
Did you know that Nathan brought me here to test you? Caleb, you're wrong. Wrong about what? Nathan, you shouldn't trust anything he says. Does Ava actually like you? Or is she just pretending to like you? Self-awareness, manipulation, sexuality. Are you attracted to me? Now, if that isn't true AI, what is? Caleb, there's something I want to show you. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? Today, I'm going to test you. Why me? Caleb, you have to help me. Who is the real test? You. Is it strange to have made something that hates you? What will happen to me if I fail your test? Yeah, I mean... Um, if, uh, okay, I'm going to suggest right now, watch the movie instead. Yeah. Of trusting what we're going to say right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very, 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 like... Like, there's so many little details you just have to pay attention to mm-hmm. that are going to lead you to your little conclusions later on. Yeah. Uh, and we don't want to spoil them for you if you haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And also, we just... We aren't going to do it justice. It's no, a very, very pretty movie. It's very, very pretty. It's filmed in Norway. Yeah. It's it's just it's a gorgeous movie in the an ideal setting, if you will. Yes, an ideal setting. In a like, house in the middle of nowhere, we have to take a helicopter. To isolated. Isolated. Isolated, just like our theme. Yeah. Any any place where you have the a film uh, starts <clears throat> with the, a helicopter taking you somewhere like Jurassic Park, fuck yeah, or uh, the thing. Yeah, <laughs> those are good sci-fi movies. <laughs> the ones where a helicopter's taking you somewhere. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> so basically, our hero Protag. Protag, he wins a contest at his job at Blue Book. Yeah. Uh, to basically go on a week-long thing. Yeah, a bender. With his boss. Yeah, who... <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and his boss, played by Oscar Isaac. Who is Hachimachi Hottie Boom Body. Yeah, he's he's in his uh, heavier notes in this one, which I think fits him way better. Oh, because he's, he's kind of playing a Stanley Kubrick kind of character, a really eccentric... Well, they, uh, like, they said they took inspiration yeah. from that, especially the beard. Yeah. He's a really eccentric, but he's definitely drinking hard. He's playing hard. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> when he's like super drunk. Yeah. That's really hot. And, and I should probably go to therapy for that. And uh, he's, uh, he's definitely working, working on his stuff. And he hasn't left that place in a while, so... <laughs> yeah, and he's just been with his robots. Yeah, which uh, I don't think he can tell that they're robots anymore, some of them. <laughs> no. Uh, well, so he gets to this p- location, and already, like, you get a very ooky vibe from... Yeah, uh, it's very tense throughout the movie. Oh, Oscar... Isaac's character is Nathan and yes. uh Doomhall Gleason. Doomhall Gleason. Is uh Caleb. Yes. Very fair skinned boy. Um <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. You sound like you were 
pedophile. I wouldn't be myself if I didn't say something <laughs> creepy. You didn't say, I'm so, say something that could have been... Yeah, uh, I always say something weird that, <laughs> that someone could edit out and place somewhere else. Um, Better never run for office. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't plan on it. Um, yeah, they, which is funny because they are in Star Wars together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because, uh, flip, flip, antagonist, protagonist yeah, in, in that movies. movie. Oh, and then, uh, Ava is played by Alicia. Vikander. Yes. She's like, like, uh, Swedish. I Swedish. Think, which is close to where they filmed it, right? Yes. And, um, she's been in movies as well with like, Doom Doom Hall. I think she's been in a movie with Oscar Isaac too. Yeah, they've all been in movies with each other. Mm-hmm. And I I tend to like movies with small casts if they if they're decent actors they could carry it well. Well, also if they have really good chemistry, mm-hmm. which these actors do because I mean clearly they enjoy working together because mm-hmm. they do it quite often. And uh, Ava plays the robot. Yes. And then there is Kyoko. Yes, of course. She has a smaller part, but definitely no less important. Yeah. <laughs> Very important. So, there is there's a lot of things to consider when watching this movie. There's um there's there's a lot of heavy religious uh, overtones. Symbolism, metaphors. Yeah, like when uh, Nason's drunk at one point, he quotes a Hindu scripture. Ava's named after like a combination of Adam and Eve. There is also... You can, you can. Okay, and then uh, Caleb was a spy. Um, that's what his name Meant, um, sent by Moses to evaluate the promised land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about that. Nathan was a prophet in the court of David, which I don't fucking know what that means because I never read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and so, I mean, we kind of didn't get far, far enough into the plot to actually, like, yeah. have any meaning to this. But basically, like... The Caleb came to the house to do the Turing test for Ava, who's the robot AI. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so also, you know, what's creepy is Nathan mentions that before Ava, there was an earlier version named Lily. And this was actually a reference also to Adam's first wife, Lilith. I didn't even know that Adam had a first wife. Yeah, I had no idea. I wouldn't know that either because I don't. No Never read the Bible. Yeah. Um, and Lilith just didn't feel like being subservient to Adam. And that is how we got Eve or Ava. Yeah. I don't even know if that was in the Bible. I think it said that it was a Jewish uh, folklore thing. So it might have been like a really old, Old Testament thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have no idea. It's really funny what they pick and choose for, okay, this is going to make the cut. For this Bible. <laughs> then I don't like that stuff right there. <laughs> all right, man. Oh, all right. <laughs> what I really do like uh, is it's pretty obviously when obvious when you think about this movie is the homages to Frankenstein. Um, yeah. They talk about it through throughout the movie when um, Nathan brings up like Prometheus and uh, Mary Shelley's book is um, the modern Prometheus. The whole uh, theme throughout um, the modern Prometheus is the creator being killed by his 
his creation that he, he just his beautiful creation yeah and um, he's just obsessed by by this creation and so is Nathan and um, he eventually is also spoiler alert <laughs> is spoiler. also he is literally stabbed in the back by his creation um, yep and then uh, him and or his creation and the other other creation kill him <laughs> yes because uh Kyoko turns out it's a robot, too. Yes, there are multiple tries, as as you might say. Also, another thing that is referenced throughout this movie is Robert Oppenheimer, the, the one of the creators of the atomic bomb, mm-hmm. which is, like, another good thing to put with Frankenstein, like, the creator of an awful... Destructive, destructive force. Destructive force of science. You know, mm-hmm. just a, an abomination, if you will. Uh, he, he talks about it uh, when he's uh, when they talk about it together. Uh, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. That's one of the things that Robert Oppenheimer says. He another he says another quote too. I, I don't remember, but he says it when he's about to pass out. Um, it's referenced throughout the film, so it's it's cool to reference uh, Frankenstein and Oppenheimer throughout the movie because he's also killed by his creation, and he's. His creation is unlike Frankenstein, where the monster is kind of contained. This movie, his his creation is unleashed because Ava is let go uh, on among the world, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like more like Oppenheimer. Yeah, but I mean, the, another thing to consider is with Frankenstein's monster, is he wasn't like a bad. Oh, yeah. Monster. Yeah, that's a good And, it's, you know, everyone just perceived mm-hmm. him to be that way. Just just based on the looks and just based on not understanding of what it was. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's another thing to consider with, you know. AI in itself. The way that we perceive it. Mm-hmm. And the monster we make out of it. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's another good way to think about it. So, yeah. It, that's why it's hard to describe the plot because there's so many, so many there's things. Just, it's just a lot going on. There's so many things threaded inside of it. But it's really creepy. Like if you want to have a really good thriller, like mm-hmm. just it's not you're not gonna get any jump scares really or anything out of it. But it's just really creepy. And you don't know who the antagonist is in the movie. You well, I mean, like we spoiled everything. I mean, <laughs> we spoiled it, but I'm saying when you go into it, you're you're still like. Oh, it's Nathan when you first go in. Oh, Nathan. Yeah. It's obviously Nathan. And then it's like, oh, shit. Oh, and he's just like, a, he just gets drunker and meaner. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't like it. And it's still, I mean, Nathan's still a bad guy. Yeah. But he, she, she fucking leaves this guy to die, you know? And he's there forever. He's there, I don't think he can ever get out. He can't even hack his way out. No, because you watch him, like, get rejected. Yeah, she leaves him in that building, and he's locked in there forever. So. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. <laughs> That's when I was like, damn, <laughs> you are not nice. Mm-hmm. She's more human than we thought. Oh, man, I feel philosophical there. <laughs> Maybe you do have an intellectual brain. Oh, yeah, I'm not intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the end of the movie is her. Walking out into the sunlight, like the allegory of the cave. Yeah, she like put that that little bait out there for for Caleb to like help her get out. 
thinking maybe they were going to go out there together. Yeah, she like totally... Uh, Cocktease. Cocktease. <laughs> is the word. Yes. She was like, we're going to be together. Look how cute I look in this dress. And he believed it. He didn't even get to see her naked like the audience did. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw fake skin. We didn't see her naked. Yeah. She has a nice butt, though. A nice fake butt. Yes. Anyways. Well, I mean, probably at that point, it was just her. <laughs> yes, it was the actress. But, yeah, she, she walks by him. <laughs> just the door. Oh, my God. She doesn't <laughs> even look at him. Nope. Bye-bye. See ya. <sighs> and they cut sound, so you don't even hear him banging the door. I love when movies Ooh, do they, that. they do really <laughs> interesting, design. good things with sound in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love it. And the, Love omin- it. the ominous music in this is great, mm-hmm. which is what we're getting to right now. Oh, actually, yeah, well, that's what we're getting to right now. Yes. So moving on to production and starting in production, music. The soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any specific names of tracks or anything, but it's just like an ominous, like, like a beating, driving soundtrack throughout. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like, except for the disco scene, which comes out of nowhere <laughs> and I love. It's it's really great. It's really <laughs> like jarring. It's jarring, and it, but it breaks. It, it's, it's weird when something can be jarring, but just break the tension at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like um, <clears throat> the, oh God, it's, it's, there's something like it in The Shining. I remember what it was. I think it's like the bartender scene. Uh huh. I think I know what you're talking about. Mm hmm. Which I mean, I wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Doubt this man taking inspiration Mm-mm. from Stanley Kubrick since he took inspiration for Oscar <laughs> Isaac's look from Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick. Yeah. And then another thing about the music is I. I Every time, well, when they first showed Ava, for sure, I I heard something familiar, like, in the music. I was like, what the fuck is that? And then when they showed her again, like, that's the Close Encounters theme, but it's a little off. And then I checked, and, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Garland was like, no, it's not really the Close Encounters theme. It, it, it wasn't intentional, anyways, but... Even even the producers were like, "Oh yeah, it's it's pretty close." Yeah. <laughs> they were saying, "Yeah, it does sound like it," <laughs> but it wasn't intentionally. Um, uh, intentionally done. Intentionally done, apparently. But if you listen to it, it doesn't. It does sound like it to me, and uh, apparently other people because it, it does say it online and in other places. Yes, and um, I read somewhere that. The song that's playing when Kyoko and Ava are killing Nathan uh-huh. is, um, it sounds like the song that's playing during the, like, this pinball game about like a very similar like robot woman. Oh yeah, yeah, that's like a- pin. That's something like Pinbot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, the mur- all the murder scene like freaks me out. I love how easy that knife just goes. Oh, no, I ugh, I can't. Uh, it just slips on in there. <laughs> <laughs> it freaks me out. Uh. 
So special effects. The film was shot as live action with all effects done in post-production. During filming, there was no special effects, green screen, or tracking markers used. Scenes were filmed with the Ava actress. And um, they, oh, there. And then they filmed with her not there and got the scene behind her so that they could create her robot body in post. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think you get a little better... I mean, I don't think that green screen can really kill a killer performance, but I think you get a little little better. I think you do get a better performance you, out yeah, of actors and actresses and stuff when they're actually in the environment. I mean, when you have them in front of a green screen, I mean, if you have a really good actor and yeah. actress, like Meryl Streep's going to fucking kill it wherever she is. Yeah. But I don't think she likes to. I don't think she does green screen work, though. She does. She refuses after. Uh, uh, Death Becomes Her, that one movie we watched, mm-hmm. where like they have like holes in their necks or spin around. She's like, I don't do uh, special effects work anymore. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, um, it does take a good act, good actor to do that. But I mean, just and also like, there's just something so much more about like being in the setting. It's better to be in that house than like pretending to be in that house or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's very interesting. They didn't use any, like, tracking markers or anything. They didn't have to hit, like, a marker to make sure that the, the uh, post-production's gonna, gonna be successful or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more uh, focused on their performance and their interaction with the other actors. Yeah. So. Which really shows because this movie has a lot of really good like chemistry mm-hmm. and interaction between the pretty much only four people you mm-hmm. see throughout the entire film. And I mean, and one of them doesn't even talk. Yeah, yeah, and it's not heavy like action CGI, but it is a lot of two shots, emotional two shots. They have to be acting pretty well while the CGI is holding up. So, mm-hmm. And I think that's that may have played well because of that. Yeah. So this was shot on as low of a budget as possible. So Garland didn't have to conform to traditional action sequences sequences that need to be put in big budget sci-fi movies. Because um, if he had like accepted a high budget sci-fi movie deal, they would have made him do yeah. things he didn't want to do. Yeah. So he was like, all right, I'm just going to do it for as little money as possible so I can do what I want. Yeah, because the more money you get, they're like, "Oh, we got, we got more uh, fingers in this." So yeah, exactly. We're gonna need you to put an action sequence here. Yeah, we want to see someone do some flips. We need something for the trailer. <laughs> that, that's how that's how they do it. Yeah. So Ex Machina won an Oscar for its visual effects with just a fifteen million dollar budget. It beat out The Revenant. Um, with a $135 million budget, Mad Max Fury Road with a $150 million budget, and Star Wars The Force Awakens with a $200 million budget. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and Oscar Isaac and Doom Hall were in that movie. I know, that's pretty funny. They were against each other. But yeah, I had, uh, what's that, about a tenth of a, a ten percent of each of those? Yeah. And it won. Uh, a a tenth percent of the budget of those, so that's pretty good. Although uh, those are really good movies, I really like the Revenant that year. <laughs> and Mad Max is really oh, yeah. good effects Mad- wise too. Yeah, yeah that that's really good. 
I think the weakest of that is The Force Awakens. I'm going to get hate for that one. For effects? No, not for effects. I'm just Just saying. in general? Yeah, not for effects. No. Oh, yeah, maybe. So it was the lowest grossing film to win an Oscar for its visual effects since 1998's What Dreams May Come. Oh, man. Have in... you seen that? I have not. Oh, it's uh, one of... Uh, my, uh, Michael. One of Robin Williams' uh, Rest in Peace... His, his serious movies in 1998, where he gets in a car crash and he searches for his dead wife in heaven and hell. What? <laughs> yeah. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's, kind, it's kind of boring. When you're a kid and you you just watch like Mrs. Doubtfire and like Aladdin. Flubber and Aladdin and you hear about Robin Williams movie coming out and this fucking thing comes <laughs> you're like god damn it I hate it <laughs> so in total there were about 800 visual effect shots of which 350 or so were robot shots mm-hmm. 15,000 mini tungsten P light bulbs were installed into the set to avoid fluorescent light often used in science fiction films which I thought was so interesting yeah 800 VFX shots, that counts visual effects shots. That doesn't, that's not just CGI. That counts like him cutting his arm. That's, mm-hmm. that's practical stuff too. That would be like the stabbing, anything that was practical also. There wasn't too many CGI shots. It's just. Besides Ava. Yeah. And when she had her, the clothes on, it made it a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> So, Reception is next. Yeah, good old Reception. And our favorite. Yeah, I'm starting to put in Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton, because <laughs> Ebert can suck it. Yeah. Well, mainly because <laughs> Ebert was dead when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. Ebert can still suck it. So, yeah, I put in Leonard Malton. Well, Leonard Malton said, Ex Machina has much to offer, including fine performances, a great look, and a tangible air of unease. I'll take this over a Transformers any day. I think that is a that's well-rounded, great. that's a well-rounded review. I love it. <laughs> he's, he's a fantastic man. I love Leonard Malton. So Rotten Tomatoes uh, has it at a 92% for critics and mm-hmm. an 86%. For audience score. Yeah, that's... Which a, is pretty good. Yeah, that's that's the one I usually look at is the audience score. And that's pretty good, yeah. They did a little weird marketing on this movie. Interesting marketing. I enjoy those. It's kind of... It's kind of like that movie Her, even. <laughs> <laughs> they, they set up a Tinder profile for Ava mm-hmm. at, uh, at the uh, South by Southwest Film Festival... And she was, like, uh, interacting with people there and matching with them. And uh, she would send them the, the link <laughs> to, their, <laughs> to her Instagram profile and then the movie's uh, um, website. Yeah. So. So, you know, when movies do interesting marketing things like that, like District 9 and yeah. all those things like that. Not, I, like, the most interesting that I've seen, but it's still, like... 
Hey, the new Godzilla movie's doing pretty well. Oh, they yeah. They still have him tracking. He's still moving around. I think he was over by the Philippines the last time I checked. Yeah, when he hit land the first time is when the trailer dropped. Yeah. It's really... I, I love when companies do stuff like that. Yeah, they did one. They did that for Fallen Kingdom. They have, like, the list of ex, of endangered species that, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They had, like, the whole campaign for endangered yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, saving dinosaurs, and, like, they hacked the Masrani site mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Get secret files or whatever. I like that stuff. Yeah. so Keeps it spicy. It is spicy. It brings you in. It brings you in on the canon. You know? It makes you feel like you're part of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is our first entry in Isolated October. And our next movie will be Moon. Oh, yes. With uh, Sam Rockwell. My One of my personal favorites, Moon. Underrated. Needs so underrated. Yeah. So good. I mean, at least Ex Machina won an Oscar. But, like, I never heard about Moon until you put it on. Yeah. I saw, like... Uh, a little ad about it, I think, on Facebook. I think they probably, that was the only ad they paid for when it came out or something. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go see it. <laughs> and I, yeah. It was amazing. Great miniatures. They use yeah. miniatures in this movie. I'm really excited to watch it again. Yeah. So, Moon, uh, like we said, we promise we're going to do a, a underground. We promise. <laughs> I promise you guys. Eventually. Um, so, yeah, that's our episode for this week. And we'll see you <laughs> on the other side. And praise Godzilla. You gotta praise him. Oh, you better praise him. You praise him. Open up your wallet. Put your money in the collection plate for yeah. Godzilla. He needs a new building to destroy. <laughs> Praise God, Zilla. Praise God, Zilla. See what movie's playing next at Sci-Fi Double Feature Drive-In on Instagram, Facebook, and our website, justaddad.com. Catch us on Twitter at SFDFDI Podcast. Well, sure hope you enjoyed the movie. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're glad to have you. Please replace your speaker, dispense of all trash, and watch for children as you carefully exit our theater. Good night.